Vancouverites will get to experience their first Lyft Cannabis Business Conference and Expo since 2020, just before the COVID-19 restrictions chilled the trade show circuit. The Lyft Business uh, Conference expects about 125 exhibitors and 7,000 people to attend uh, the Vancouver event uh, this weekend. Since uh, cannabis was legalized uh, about four, just over four years ago, there have been many changes in the market here uh, in British Columbia and across Canada. Joining me now to talk a little bit about the state of the cannabis industry is Jacqueline Pahoda, Executive Director at the Retail Cannabis Council of BC. Jacqueline, welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, your thoughts, first of all, just where the, where is the cannabis industry in your mind? There's obviously a lofty uh, predictions made and, and, and always the case. Uh, you know, things have to shake out a little bit. It, there's still more to do, of course. It's been about just over, I guess, four and a half years or so. Your thoughts on where, where, where the cannabis industry is in BC today? Um, yeah, I mean, I think with the project of legalization, uh, I think we have established a really strong um, uh, network of access for British Columbians, so legal stores in most jurisdictions across the, the province, uh, although we do still have a couple of holes uh, for access. Um, and we have also seen, you know, um, BC-based producers and uh processors pop up. Uh, so by that I mean people who are you know growing cannabis and you know doing transformative activities with it, uh, who are BC based, um, which is really uh, I mean a very important thing uh, for this province because you know we are looking at uh, a sector that is really ours to own. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so I would say that we have made you know, good progress. Uh, but I do think that there is uh, still uh, a tough road to hoe ahead for our sector. When you say there's a there's a couple of challenges, a couple of holes, uh, what were you talking about? Well, in terms of access uh, for legal cannabis, we're still, you know, there are a significant number of uh, folks in the lower mainland who still don't have storefront access in their municipality. Uh, you know, we're hopefully we'll, we'll see that change in um, you know, municipalities like Surrey and Richmond. We still don't have any storefront access there. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking, uh, most British Columbians have a reasonable access to legal cannabis. Uh, there's been talk, obviously, over the last few years that there's been tremendous amount of oversupply. Ta- speak to me a little bit about that as to how that has been shaking out over the last four years. You know, that's a really tough question, Jazz, because I think that the supply picture is not reflective of the actual cannabis market or the demand from the consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of the oversupply was the result of some stockpiling that was happening in anticipation of legalization. Um, mm-hmm. So we had, you know, larger companies with really, really big uh, vaults full of cannabis. And it's just an unfortunate fact that cannabis doesn't really work that way. You can't just save it for a rainy day. <laughs> um, it is a, a product that is, you know, like a, more akin to a fresh tomato than it is to a can of tomato sauce. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so what we're seeing now is we're actually seeing a shift in the market towards um, smaller scale cultivators starting to dominate, especially, um, you know, in um, independent retailers. I think that that's something that has really changed a lot in the last uh, specific year. Did COVID uh, slow down the, the industry's growth? I mean, what impact did COVID have? I know it's impacted many businesses, but I'm very uh, uh, interested in, in what impact it had on, on such a young industry. Well, you know, I I feel we're the only COVID success story that there is. You know, we really? opened, yeah, for the duration, I mean, think, we think about this, you know, um, we opened, um, you know, there were 
There are 3,900 private retail, uh, rather uh, retail stores across Canada now. Um, so that m- the majority of that happened during COVID. Um, you know, in 2020 is when we saw the Ontario market explode. We went from having, you know, two stores to having 1,900 stores. So, you know, retail, on the retail side, you know, we were able to establish that footprint even with COVID, uh, you know, because I think that cannabis is a product that, you know, people are, are excited to access. Um, and in terms of, you know, the rollout of legalization and I think the ability for us to react to maybe some of the more critical um, challenges that we're facing, things like maybe the tax structure, et cetera. I think COVID um, didn't necessarily negatively impact them, but I think that the focus for government has been elsewhere for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, some have said, look, uh, the government needs uh, to give the industry greater flexibility in regards to the product that they do offer. Uh, Some have gone as far as to call the the cannabis that is grown here or in Canada as corporate pot or corporate cannabis, (laughs) you know. Uh, I love those names sometimes. Your thoughts in regards to, I mean, it it is going to be regulated. It is regulated, much like alcohol is regulated um, uh, in in this country, do you think there is going to be room for greater flexibility in regards to potency, in regards to experimentation, or do you think because of um, government oversight, there is a certain standardization in regards to the product that you are offering? Um, well, you know, I think that corporate weed, that's funny. I hear government weed a lot, um, which is <laughs> like, it's funny because the government doesn't grow it. They don't sell it, but, you know. <laughs> government will find, but, uh, a make, will find a way to lose money on weed. I think it did the first six months, actually, to me. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on that one. Uh, but in terms of the flexibility, um, you know, I I am of the opinion that the current regulations around several different you know, form factors of products. So, I mean, like kinds of consumer products, specifically edibles, are are really holding back the sector. Um, you know, consumers have an expectation around you know potency and an effect, and then also they already have an expectation around how much those products should cost because they were buying them in an unregulated space, right? Mm-hmm. And if we don't give them the equivalent in a regulated market. So if we, for instance, like if I want to buy a a 50 milligram edible, right now it is not legal for me to do that in a retail store. I can only buy a 10 milligram edible cannabis product. So if I want to buy a product that's higher dosage than that, I can either buy multiple products costing me more money as a consumer, or I can go to an unregulated source, hmm. right? And the likelihood is I'm going to go to an unregulated source. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. Uh, in regards to cafes, when you think of cannabis cafes, you think of uh, Amsterdam, do you see um, the the public open to something like that happen, or do you think it's going to take time in regards to acceptance of uh, cannabis cap- cafes here in BC? Well, they did just release a report on the public consultation that they completed, uh, they being the provincial government, completed um, in, I think it was 2021. Uh, so it was a, a public uh, survey, a public open uh, call for recommendations, uh, as well as a phone survey that they did that was uh, randomly selected. So the results were out. Um, the random sampling of British Columbians, 61% of them, or in favor of consumption spaces. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that's a pretty strong uh, approval rating, a pretty strong mandate. Um, with the online submissions, we saw a, a really different number. There's only um, all told 34% of um, people who participated in the online uh, polling 
were in favor. And I mean, I believe that the, there's a self-selecting bias in there. You know, you might mm-hmm. be really, really in favor of cannabis consumption or really, really against it and get online and, you know, fill out that survey. Mm-hmm. But with a random telephone poll, right, you're just a person picking up the phone, giving your opinion. Yeah. So I think that the public are there. I think that they are ready to, um, you know, and I'm not sure about smoking because that is a, a really big challenge that's a hurdle you know because we have a long history of you know really tightly regulating smoking activities but there are lots of other ways that we consume cannabis right we can eat it we can drink it we can put it on our skin um these are all ways that we could you know incorporate consumption in licensed consumption into you know our, our communities in a way that would be a i think really driving tourism which would be amazing Mm-hmm. Uh, and B, right, giving people a safe social space to you know have the experience in, which yeah. is also fabulous. Yeah. Ja- Jacqueline, thank you so much for your time. And once again, I want to remind our listeners, the Lyft Business Conference, the Cannabis Business Conference is this weekend here in Vancouver, the first one that'll be, uh, that we've had since, uh, since COVID. So congratulations to you and all the best to you. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me.